With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back Ram fans, this is Rams Up, your favorite LA Rams podcast. We are proud members of the Fans First Sports Network. That's fansfirstsports.com. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our channel is at LA Rams Up. I'm your host, Mark. You'll hear from my co-host, Tom, on occasion as well. Hey, we're not Rams insiders. We're just longtime fans who love talking about our Los Angeles Rams. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. This is our Rams rehash. We've had a night to sleep on it. Any additional thoughts on this Rams-Seahawks game? Well, I have a bunch. We're going to get through some notes. We'll get through some snap counts and some interesting observations in that regard. And we'll also get into pro football focus grades. Hey, remember that flea flicker, that disastrous play that turned into an interception? Almost got Matthew Stafford killed as well. Hey, probably a decent design. Seahawks just didn't bite. But that was actually stolen from the USC Trojans. Go back and look at the USC Washington game on November 4th. They ran it and it worked. Touchdown pass. Someone shared that on Twitter. I'm not taking credit for discovering this, for recognizing that the Rams stole this from the Trojans, but Trojans pulled it off a little bit better than the Rams. And how about poor Bobby Wagner? And, you know, 
there's not a lot of opposition players that I like, but it's pretty easy to like Bobby Wagner, but you got to feel bad for this guy. He has been on the losing side now in seven straight Rams Seahawks games. And my special assistant asked me, do you think he's even aware of that? And I said, absolutely. He's got to be aware of it. Bad timing for Bobby Wagner. Saw McVay's post-game celebration, and it was a little bit muted, I thought, because he has to recognize this offense didn't play very well. And he kind of alluded to that, saying, hey, offense, we got some stuff to work on. I almost thought going into that locker room, he would have gathered these guys around and said, boys, not good enough. Defense, you stepped up. But overall, this was not a good performance. We need to get back to work. Forget the game balls. Forget the kudos. Let's get back to work and figure out how we can fix this. We didn't deserve a win here. Pretty good day as far as the other results went. Commanders, Bucks, Vikings, and of course the Seahawks all lost. These are the teams the Rams are battling for a wild card spot. The only one we missed on, man, those darn Chargers. If they had beaten the Packers, that would have been really helpful. So Rams have played the Seahawks twice this year. In the first meeting, the Seahawks led 13 to 7. The Rams outscored them 23 to nothing in the second half, including 13 to nothing in the fourth quarter. In yesterday's game, the Seahawks led 16 to 7 entering the fourth quarter. Rams outscored them 10 to 0 in the fourth quarter. So the Rams have outscored the Seahawks 23 to 0 in the fourth quarter of the two games and 33-3 in the second half. So next week, does Kyron Williams come back? It sounds like it. Really good reports coming out of camp. Nothing solid, though. Does that mean Daryl Henderson gets cut? Very possible. That would make sense. Is Cooper Cup going to be okay? Reportedly a lower ankle sprain. You saw what happened to him there, getting stepped on on the back part of his foot. Hopefully he can go. But you know what? I feel comfortable with this team without Cooper Cup. Some of these guys have been stepping up. Kyron Williams back and Puka in the lineup. I feel good about our chances against the Cardinals. SCS favored by one. You know, that Rams-Seahawks game, I saw it as high as the Rams minus two and a half by game time. So that was a big swing. Five points on some boards. Rams opening up minus one. I think that's going to swing in their favor by the time Sunday rolls around. Let's get through some snap counts. On the offensive side, Matthew Stafford and the entire offensive line did not miss a snap. Tyler Higby missed one snap. Bryson Hopkins, three snaps. Davis Allen, one snap. And Zach Evans got a snap. Daryl Henderson was in for 24 snaps to Royce Freeman's 42. Freeman was much more productive. Austin Trammell, 46 snaps, 69%. Basically came in for... Cooper Cup only lasted 18 snaps. Demarcus Robinson, I'm pretty sure this is a season high for him, 7 snaps. Atwell and Nakua, 59 snaps apiece. That accounted for 88% of the offensive snaps. On the defensive side, things were a little bit different from what I expected. Jordan Fuller and Quentin Lake in for every snap, but there's a qualifier there. Quentin Lake really wasn't playing safety. Kendrick and Witherspoon were in for 100% of the snaps as well as the primary corners, but you might as well think of Quentin Lake as a slot corner in this game. 
covering Tyler Lockett quite a bit, and then Rust East in for only 14 snaps, while John Johnson was in for 46. So they basically leaned on Quinton Lake rather than Duke Shelley or Trey Tomlinson with Kobe Durant out and then Johnson and Yeast sharing safety duties alongside Jordan Fuller. But that situation bears monitoring. Has Russell Yeast been demoted? We'll have to see. That's surprising to me because I thought he'd been playing really well. O'Shawn Mathis was in for just five snaps, but I swear he did some damage while he was in there. But Keir Thomas even had more back on the active roster. Probably forgot to mention that leading up to the game. He was in for 13 snaps. Troy Reader and Christian Roseboom split in duty at linebacker. Bobby Brown back in the fold, 29 snaps. And Byron Young barely coming off the field. He missed six snaps the entire game. And Ernest Jones looks to be 100% once again. He missed just two snaps. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Life's better with American Family Insurance. Because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. So let's talk about pro football focus grades. Not a lot of high scores on offense. Puka Nakua, 84+. Next highest player was Royce Freeman at 72 Two of her offensive linemen graded out well, Kevin Dotson and Rob Havenstein. Dotson, 71.5, Havenstein, 67.3. What a day for Freeman. 17 rushes for 73 yards. If the Rams are looking to shave someone from their running back room when Kyron Williams comes back, I don't think it's going to be Royce Freeman. And that's all I'm going to say about that. And Kevin Dotson continuing his great year. Does this guy have a shot at the Pro Bowl? He certainly should. On defense, Aaron Donald, his typical self, 86.9. 
Christian Roseboom, Jonah Williams, Darion Kendrick, and Michael Hoyt all grading out well. Kendrick and Hoyt, two players Ram fans love to pick on, but they've actually been playing pretty well. And you could put Roseboom in that category as well. Kind of a forgotten guy, but hey, they are getting it done. Who struggled? Well, no surprise. Daryl Henderson did, 54.7. Cooper Cup graded out really low too, 54.5. I'm not sure what that's based on. Coleman Shelton struggled, as did Tutu Atwell and Tyler Higby. Atwell had that one play, probably should have hung on to it. And even the one in the end zone, he had a shot at that one as well. And Higby, a couple of nice blocks here and there, but really a non-factor recently. The Rams' tight ends have not been a significant part of this offense, at least not on a consistent basis, and that's a little troubling. Now, someone told me that pro football focus grades should be taken with a grain of salt and Quentin Lake at a 54.7. Not sure I agree with that. Byron Young did grade low and, you know, it was a quiet day for him. Did not see him flash at all. I may have missed it if he did. John Johnson getting his most significant action did not grade out well. And Akella Witherspoon, a 43.4. Laurel Murchison, not much better, 49.6. Now, in Lake's defense, he was playing a little bit out of position. He's been that hybrid safety linebacker, guy that can help out in coverage, and he was basically pressed into slot corner duty with Kobe Durant out. So got to cut him some slack. I don't think it was necessarily a bad day for Quentin Lake. Need to find out more what's going on with John Johnson jumping over Russ Yeast and snaps. Maybe it was an injury issue. Maybe we'll hear more from a Ram insider in the coming days. Larrick Jackson and Steve Avila both graded out in pass blocking very well. So really all of the offensive linemen had a good day except for maybe Coleman Shelton. And Shelton did have a penalty. They may have dinged him for that as well. So final thoughts on this Rams win over the Seahawks. Hey, I'm just going to reiterate, the Rams found a way to win. You know, we may have been really disappointed with the way this offense performed, but this team just isn't scoring like we expect a Sean McVay offense to score, but they figured it out. But you know what? If they figure it out on offense, Kyron Williams comes back, offensive line continues to improve, this team could go on a run. They're four and six. What do they have coming up next? Now, I don't want to get too much into a path to the playoffs segment. I do have one of those coming up. Coming up, they go on the road to play the Cardinals. Fully expect them to win that game. Then they come home to play the Browns. And the Browns, man, they're playing above their heads. An excellent defense. But their offense is suspect. Hopefully the Rams can figure that out at home and get a win. Then they travel to Baltimore. That's the tough one on this schedule. They'll be heavy underdogs there. But then they get the Commanders and Saints at home, and then they travel to New York to play the Giants. Rams could very easily go on a five-win, one-loss run here, get to 9-7. and seven. And who are they battling with? Well, the Seahawks are 6-4. and four. Who do they have next? They have the... 49ers, the Cowboys, the 49ers again, and the Eagles. The Vikings are 6-5. and five. They play the Bears, then they get a bye, and they get the Raiders and Bengals after that. They could feasibly be 7-7 seven and seven after that stretch. Packers are 4-6. and six. They get the Lions and Chiefs coming up next, and then the Giants and the Bucks. And the Bucks 
They may have the easiest stretch of these teams. They play the Colts, Panthers, Falcons, and Packers. So what I'm getting at here is the Rams do have life. They figured out a way to win, and I'm just going to say it one more time. That game they won yesterday is the type of win you see teams like the Steelers pull off. They hang around, they figure it out, and they steal a win at the end. And you know what? That's not the Rams' M.O. under Sean McVay, but... But if they can learn to win some of these games, that's a good thing moving forward. Hey, we'll still take those 34-7 to wins with a Sean McVay offense rocking the stadium. But we got to be happy to get these 17-16 to wins where our team looks like crap, at least on offense, for most of the game. Hey, I wanted to touch on college football real quick. I'm really concerned here how this football playoff's going to work out. Georgia number one, Ohio State two, Michigan three, and Florida State four. Now, that could change tomorrow night, Tuesday night, but I expect it's going to be the same. Washington will remain at five. They could jump Florida State. But what I'm hoping for is we only get either Georgia or Alabama. I'm worried about Alabama running the table, beating Auburn and Georgia, and then suddenly you have Georgia and Alabama in the top four. That would be dreadful. Ohio State, Michigan, I can only see one of them being in the top four, I would hope. Florida State, I have a feeling they're going to slip out, but this is my real concern. Oregon loses to Oregon State, but then they beat Washington. Where does that leave the Pac-12, the last year of Pac-12's existence? I'm hoping one of these teams get in. One of them deserves it, regardless of what happens. I'm hoping Georgia beats Alabama. I'm hoping only Ohio State or Michigan gets in, not both of them. The winner of the Oregon-Washington game gets in, and then either Florida State or Texas, something like that. No two teams from one conference. I would not be pleased with that. In my last comment on college football, you know, Michael Penix getting a lot of attention, and he's a great quarterback, left-handed quarterback for the Washington Huskies. Hopefully we'll see him in the playoffs. I've been hearing people compare him to Tua, and for one reason only, they're both left-handed. What a lazy comparison. You watch this guy play, and my special assistant pointed this out. You know who he reminds me of? Philip Rivers. Watch that throwing motion. Kind of awkward. It's kind of a shove, a shove throw, but it's very effective. This guy is going to be an excellent professional quarterback, in my opinion, but just because he's a lefty, Please don't compare him to Tua. Not a good comparison at all. So later on this week, we are going to have our round table with Ian, Tom, and Paul. I may even join them. We're also going to do a loop around the league and our power rankings and our path to the playoffs. May mash that all up into one episode. Maybe have a crossover later on. This Thanksgiving weekend is going to mess with our schedule a little bit, but we'll probably get four more drops between now and that Cardinal game where our Los Angeles Rams will get to five and six. And they'd need one more win after that to exceed the over-under win total that these experts put on our Los Angeles Rams. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up 
Stay safe and have fun out there.